With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Trample Bet Podcast for Saturday the 28th of September 2019. I'm your host John Walker and with me this week is listener and podcaster from Fife Club, James McIfer. Hello and remember the first rule of Fife Club is to talk about Fife Club. That's that's what we do, that's what we do. <laughs> uh, James, firstly, I really appreciate you coming in to do this. Oh no, thanks for having me on, this is great. This is like this is like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory sort of stuff, coming in to see you know, all this. Like When we do Fife Club, and we had the same with Doogie when he came in for the episode, it was like, oh this is kind of weird like you don't know how to like approach it like for this episode i've got shitloads of notes i was yeah. like, sitting there the night before like writing everything down like what did we pick last week what did we pick this week right and then even i was messaging you all this time it was like so i've got like 20 picks <laughs> I'm like, so this is my this is my banker values like i just go and pick one <laughs> I, I always say this to my pals when they go i mean mate it's a 40 minute podcast when yeah. i say mate i've got so much to do this week and I go, mate, it's a 40-minute podcast. It's fucking four hours of trawling through every league and live yeah. score. There's I, so much to think about. I go into every league and I'll look at home form, away form, and then from that try and pin games and go, right, if that team's playing away, I'm going to pick them somewhere yeah. and then work it back for there. Uh, Andy and Gordo are away at work again this week, and the reason we wanted someone in and not doing it over the phone was... <laughs> It was kind of rubbish. Gary, Gary helped <laughs> us out massively, Andy on the phone. But do you know what it was like? Um, for me, it's like actors in the early 2000s when they were working with green screen characters. Yeah. You go, how come this guy can't act? You go, because he's nothing <laughs> Not to there. look at. Yeah. So Andy was off off fucking being CG'd in. Yeah. And Gary was like a... I mean, we appreciate him sitting in, but Gary was like a kid that's been told at 14 that he still has to go to his grandma's every Saturday. <laughs> it's like to have to. I'm just sitting in my... Say hi to your grandma. I'm on my phone just now. Because there's like one part he pointed out something to Gary. I think it was like... Uh, was it Alien? No, Queen of the South record. I was like, is that right, Gary? Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> he, was try, he was trying to catch a Pokemon. <laughs> but like, see when you do that, right? Not to totally drag away from this. We'll try. And, we'll get back to this quickly. But see when you have like phone call episodes. What do you do? Like, see when I've done that. I've had to like, I'm like looking about, and I've just got conceited to the fact I just look at the ground. Like, I just stare at the table. Like, I'll just that, and then I still gesture as if I'm talking to someone. I do it on the phone all the time as so well. It's like, if I'm waving to someone, like, I'm saying, Oh, how you doing? I'm waving like a fucking idiot. That I was, don't know why. I, well, that, that was it. That was exactly it. It was the, <laughs> it was, it was Liam Neeson in Star Wars that talked to us. Yes. He would say, I think there's a couple of people that have raised this before. He would say, um, Where do you want me to look? Yeah. Where is the character going to be floating? And he's just, just imagine there's a character and you go, like, Fucking where? And that's why they now dangle a fucking tennis ball in front of people because they go, At least they've got a fucking point of reference. But that was it. I mean, I listened to it back and it was a good episode. Don't get me wrong. It was a really good episode. No, but when you're doing a statistical podcast about football, it's already pretty dry. Yeah. The charisma being able to look at somebody <laughs> is the only thing carrying it through. 
that's all you have is that but the best part is we'll go into the last week's picks now is we had oh. a decent week it was a belter so my banker was Zenit versus Ruben Kinzan over 1.5 goals which I had said had happened in Zenit's previous 20 home games it was 1-3 to three, yeah. now now at half time so I was shitting myself going there's a reason yeah they have been in incredible form as well like their record home and away has been outstanding in, in Russia and just now they will uh, so the, the score was 4-0 so comfortably over 1.5 goals you got that one to three um, Andy's banker Sparta Rotterdam at home to Valvik I didn't like it but at 2-5 to five, it came in 4-0 yeah. so they're a good team to watch for goals and they also will feature yeah later on, on in the podcast on, on my picks yeah, yeah. Um, both are values it had Mlada Boleslav at home to Ostrava 1-2-0 they've won now 6-6 six six at yeah. home in the Czech League uh, Andy's value also came in and Vernes 2-0 winners at, Queen of the, at home at Queen of the South they're turning a very solid shout especially at home and if you're going up through the lead table they're quietly making their way back up towards the top end of that there so if you I don't know about this week but a lot of weeks Inverness is giving me something I'll be on my coupons quite a bit for that they've been looking really good yeah I was really impressed with that it seemed so comfortable because I think we were all in at half time I was like Andy, yeah. this, is, this is strolling uh, my outsider was the one that was causing me heartache. <laughs> so I was, tra- I was tracking this on Saturday. So the, the value was Sunday, so I didn't have that in yet. Yeah. Um, so it was Nakaxa versus Leon in the Mexican uh, La Liga. Leon had won seven out of seven away from home this season. Nakaxa were top, though. Yeah, because you said like Leon's away record was better than Nakaxa's home record. Yeah. So it was a great shout at the time. But for whatever reason, it just sort of fell apart. At the time, yeah, yeah. It was, uh, so they were 2 0 up with 65 gone, and then two instant alerts. They were so quick together that I was hoping it was a mistake. Yeah. That somebody just like hit it twice goal. on the at. Yeah. yeah. But they did, they did end up winning four, they scored twice in, I think it was the last three minutes to win me. So I got a, got a clean sweep. Uh, Andy Livorno beat Podinoni. I wasn't convinced about Livorno had started so badly in yeah. the season. I just, there's something about Italian Serie B we followed it with Liam Henderson last year Yeah, there are so many draws and shite results and also nobody goes unbeaten in that t- season no, so not a chance I actually liked Portinori I had that on my coupon last week <laughs> and I was like come on it's happening and then that was it that was it came down <laughs> got I think, it I think Livorno took the lead twice yeah yeah 1-0 1-1-2-1 but I mean 5 out of 6 from myself and Andy is that's a decent it, run I think it's as good as we've got before yeah we've definitely never got both um, Gordo's treble Oh God, dear. Gordo, Gordo was in holiday, so I'm going to give him the complete benefit of doubt on this one. He just like it's been like a quick one he's just put in there because Gordo's been hitting decent ones where he's only ever been a goal out yeah. in one game, and that's been essentially how it's been running. Gordo's got the shortest end of this stick by us making sure he has to pick a treble, yeah, and it has to be worthwhile. Most of the time they're all right, but you're right. They're like a lot of this weeks are all draws, apart well, apart from one, like Shatteru uh, won one with Grenoble. And I didn't. And my note you from didn't last like week that was at all. not sure. That yeah. was my only note. And Twenta was the same. Was that I could say Twenta have drawn two out of three of the home games. Heracles are unbeaten two away. Yeah, they've been a now they're run. unbeaten three away. So I didn't like it. But the one I did like was La Havre. <laughs> I think La Havre has turned into Kilmarnock. Like, don't pick them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just cars all the way through. Like, I thought they did all right, but it's the results like that. They always come on end at the wrong, the worst possible time for you, but. You know, if it's going to be, if you're going to lose one, you might as well lose them all. That, that, <laughs> I, yeah, it, it actually hurts. It hurts the same amount, yeah. but it's more annoying if you've missed out on a goal for a treble. Yeah, you'd rather you would rather your whole coupon is dead <laughs> right there and then. It's like a shark attack. Like, see if the shark attacks <laughs> me, I don't want to be left with one leg less. No, you just I want, want to be done. finish the yeah, job. Get I'm, it over with. I'm not one of these people that's then going to join the Paralympics and make a career for myself. <laughs> I'm going to be... You mi- don't want a sob story. You I'm, just going want to, I'm going to be more miserable for the rest of my life than I ever could imagine. 
It's like, uh, Malloc wasn't as good either. You read mine out in the podcast last week. I had Freiburg away to Augsburg. But, yeah, um, I hope Augsburg. But every one of us jumped on it. I know. It uh, looked so good. And I was messaging you through it on Saturday. And it was like the amount of times he hit the post or hit the well, bar. Twice in the last five minutes. Fucking agony. It yeah. was just like all the chat. You know when you like play FIFA? And it's like, folk describe it as like a game, like a controller breaking moment. It was like that for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> I just sent him a word, just spin him a pen, like, for fuck's sake. Every chance, every chance they had was just like, you you, you should have scored them yeah. for the last 10 minutes of it. So I feel sorry for anyone, anyone who did take it. I apologise. Don't, don't apologise. This, this, <laughs> this, is, this is gambling. Ah, uh, that's the aim of the game. Yeah, this is what this is. Uh, the charity bet. It was me that cost it. Uh, Muscon away to Vaslan Beveren in Belgium. Uh, they drew one each. Yeah. They were 1-0 up. They got a disallowed goal at 2-1. But they let it down with Leipzig winning for Andy. 3-0 away to Bremen. And Gordo's Nice 2-1. I didn't like Nice either. I thought Dijon were capable of a draw. Yeah. They almost were for an hour and five minutes or so. But no. And uh, listener Ben Grant has also had mentioned Cove and Edinburgh City. Yeah. They were both way better odds than I thought they would be. Yeah, they were looking quite close to evens when I, I saw them. Well, uh, I think even uh, this week they're looking really good for odds as well. If you're looking for sort of a value bet, yeah, Edinburgh City went out to eleven to eight before kickoff, yeah. which I said if you got better on evens, it might be worth taking them. But I'd missed it. It was by the time I'd seen the game start, I went, "That's, that's really right. high." Yeah, because I'd, I'd watched Albion Rovers the week before, and I, there wasn't there weren't anything special. No, they're there's, there's weaknesses in their team. Yeah, but all in all. A pretty good week. It was decent, yeah. Yeah, it made up the good results. Made up for the fact that there was no charisma or... <laughs> in the room at all. <laughs> Mate, it was, it was, it was like when we used to do stand up. It was like doing a gig to like four people. Oh god, who weren't interested in stand up? Like, sitting on the phone. Like, the, the, you know, the, the gigs that you used to do at like the end of a bar. Yeah, and it was <laughs> punters who were already in were in for the gig. They yeah. weren't there for the gig. They were just already in for the gig. <laughs> So move on to Scottish players abroad. Now this is this is without doubt this is my favourite section of this whole podcast because it's the main bit I'm interested in. Because no matter what happens, I've always got this. I can, yeah, I can have <laughs> something shite, to hold on to. I can have shite picks, but I still get to watch Scottish players abroad. <laughs> um, Jack Harper made his return for Alcaron. They drew 2 2 away to Mirandes. He played the last half hour. He did come on when it was 2 1. He wasn't involved in the goal. It was yeah. a very late goal. Um, the the penalties in this game were shocking. It's They don't even seem in keeping with the new handball rule. Yeah. The the first penalty was a header onto the guy's hand from half a yard away. Yeah, it was right next to him. There was no way he was getting around it. But you could say that about the, both uh, uh, both penalty decisions in the game as well. It was the same sort of thing that happened. It was very close strikes of the ball right into the hand. I mean, yeah. Give the referee credit. I think it's worth having a talk about the handball rule. But like the referee giving credit was he was consistent. Yeah, they were both shocking. Yeah, they, yeah were, they were terrible, but they were consistent. They're, they're both handballs I wouldn't have given, but yeah, if if that's the way he's interpreting the rules, that's the way he can work it. The thing that bothered me was I've been having my own way of working out rules for football and how yeah. to improve them. So my offside rule, I think I said before, was if any party is onside, you're onside. Instead yeah. of any party being offside, you're offside. It seems better to do it that way. Well, we saw the... Did you see the Leicester Spurs game? Yeah. That was outrageous. But... So I was texting my mate Kev, and during this, I said, as soon as the move, because we, we both had another goal in the game at one 0 yeah, just a bet on, just a wee builder, and I said, as soon as the goal went in, I said, Sun's offside in this move, yeah. or, he, or he might have been offside, and both of us just waited, 
and we knew it was going to review and as soon as I seen it I went he's offside yeah. even though it's a ball here I know it's going to be given um, it's been the same in a couple of games now that's just the way it's going to be but for me it should be if any part of you is remotely onside you're onside yeah. do it that way instead of so the point I was going to make about the handball rule is I understand it in the sense that if it leads directly to a goal so you say if it hits any part of your, your hand and then you're able to fire a shot off or your teammates able yeah. then yeah, like, like it or not, you've gained an unfair advantage. The same way if a defender's on the goal line with his hands by his side in a natural position, yeah. but it happens to hit his hand and stop from getting in. And it wasn't you, even like a big touch as well. It was just an innocuous header across the box. It wasn't even near the goal by any chance. It was just on the edge of the box and just brushes his hand. So for me, if it's shots on goal that are being blocked by a hand, then, I yeah. understand the penalty because there's a goal-bound shot. See things like a header back across goal. That's nothing. It's not it? punny. It's not, you're not getting, you're getting a... You get a free shot of goal for a lot. The second one was a cross. Yeah. They were trying to cross the ball into the box. I don't get how a cross hitting your hand is then able for you to have a free yeah. shot of goal. And even that's <laughs> when him trying to keep, keep his, his arms in. Down yeah. by his side. Yeah. It was nonsense. It was crazy. Yeah. The Charlie Gilmore uh, for Telstar, they lost 2-1 at home to Belandum. That's his fourth yellow card in a row. Yeah. Um, played early on. Uh, a very poor pass back to him. Put them clean through right at the start. <laughs> yeah. Telstar missed a header from under the bar. Telstar had a penalty shout, so that's what I was going to say, was see if the same referee had been... It would have been that. given. Because it looked similar to the Rangers St. Johnson penalty. Yeah. The, hand, the hand was out. It was more of a penalty than the other two, because it hits his... hits his. Uh, I think it hits his chest and it bounces off his arm. It's sort of like curved in a way you could control the ball a little bit. So, yeah, it definitely would have been given in another game. Uh, Volandum took a 1-0 lead. Uh, the pass from Visa to Antonucci was unbelievable. All these clips are on our Twitter page. Yeah. They are shared. But that goal was phenomenal. <laughs> The second one's a long ball over the defender gets caught under it for the header. It is horrendous. It Gary, it's League One. Awful. In Scotland, not League One in England. What? That's yeah. awful. It's Dan Barton defending Gary. <laughs> Can't it be that bad? Can't it be? <laughs> um, and then the 2-1, two, uh, the, two the consolation goal was Fernandez on his debut. That was a cracker. Cuts in for cuts the inside, throw in on the left side, corner. cuts inside the guy, right foot, top corner from the left-hand side. Beautiful goal. But that was his debut yeah. for the team as well. It was hardly a masterclass in defending, though. No. <laughs> Don't watch it if you're looking for tips. It was like the 95th minute, so yeah. I wanted to give them the, well, 2-0 up. This oh, is, this but is even dying. the other goals, the other two goals were just, nah. Like, if you had like a normal, any other coach would have just done their head in over that. Uh, Ryan Gold lost his first game for nine for Forenza. They lost 1-0 yeah. away to Academico. Played 90 minutes. He should have scored. He had a really great chance early on. Clean through and goal. Yeah. Keeper makes an right save, but it's right down his throat. You could keep it low into the side, he would have got it. I was just pointing out, putting the notes here that I like the way it was number 23. Yeah. <laughs> so, just Michael Jordan guy. Yeah. I'm assuming Michael Jordan's been back in time because he's seen Ryan Gold wearing 23 for Forenza. Yeah, definitely. And that's how he's then chose his number. And then Beckham did it. So, Gold essentially <laughs> dictated Jordan to Beckham mm-hmm. and now made the number full cycle. <laughs> Uh, they lost 1-0 it was a simple cross in the finish um, should have once they made it 1-0 they should have made it 2 or 3 oh yeah they had plenty of chances team. to finish it oh. uh, Fraser Hornby made his debut for Kotrick he had a really good game he played really good I thought he was really aggressive he played a lot of the front like control of things at the front and a lot of chances they made came through him and he was really putting pressure on the defenders especially the goalkeeper for one of the chances but he should have scored there was a couple of times I think he should have got a couple yeah, yeah. so they, they lost 3-2 uh, to Kevin Mecklen Played the full 90 minutes. Um, so the first one's a long ball up, wins a header, plays a 1-2 with one of the midfielders. He hits it straight at the keeper. Yeah. He should do do well better than that. Um, he had one cleared off for the corner, where I thought it maybe hit the guy's hand, but yeah. it doesn't look like it did. There was a, there was a call for it, though. But um, the the first goal for Mechelen 
was unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, for is it Scoofs? I think it was or it's Shoof. It does it's like a it does like a chop. So he's left footed. So he's on the left side of the box, maybe twenty two yards, twenty five yards out. Does the chop inside his left foot? Yeah. Pegs the next guy and then puts it in the far corner with the outside of his left foot. I mean, he's very one footed, Gary. <laughs> very very one footed, but what a beautiful one foot he has. Oh. Um, but even on it went so again the the clips are all there the the third goal for Mecklen is amazing as well that's the wee free kick that was dinked over the yes. top and he controls it with his right foot smashes in yeah. off the bar you need to see this goal Lovely. Gary again all on the Twitter page because we do our research I need to start looking at this Twitter page yeah yeah. Um, Johnny Russell so Sporting Kansas lost 3-2 as well to Colorado Rapids he played 74 minutes they were 2-0 up very early on I've got no highlights because they've not posted it on the MLS yet yeah Two and a like one of those things if they lose the, the highlights are a lot slower. Well they did well they did post uh, they posted on their Twitter the first and second goal, but then they got a man sent off right after the second goal and it's killed the whole game. Yeah. Um, but that, yeah, there's no clips. It's like um the the way Rangers used to do their DVDs, their end of season DVDs right, okay. was it never showed you the other team's goals. So it'd come up like Celtic free, Rangers free, but you then you would just see free goals, you're going <laughs> I mean, I, rest of that. I understand what you're doing, but you're definitely killing the drama of what this game was, yeah. which was an excellent free each draw. But to me, we've won 3 now. Yeah. Like, isn't that amazing how Rangers conceded no goals that whole season? <laughs> they conceded no goals yet, Drew 3 3. It was an amazing effort, guys. <laughs> Ray, Rachel Corsi's Utah lost 3 0 to North Carolina. They're in some form, so they were the team that spanked Claire Elmsley's team 6 1 yeah, last year. I think they've tied up the league as well. That's it. Right. So, just on that, the way their title works is it's 24 games. They get the I don't know what they call it. It's like a divisional trophy, isn't they, it? They get like a divisional trophy and then the top four going into semi final and final for the cup. Yeah. So it's the same as with the MLS. So works. I think they, they wrapped up their division. Yep. And then so is it another couple of weeks before they go into the There's, playoffs? They've only got one game left, but Utah have three. Oh. But but there are there are five teams that can get fourth place. Yeah. So then by no means um in a good position. They're really struggling. They've got Seattle next. That's the team they're level on points with. Yeah. And it goes to head to head. So if they can get a three point gap, they need to win that game. Yeah. They beat them three one four weeks ago. So, so they got a chance. Th- they should be a better side. But the last two results have been pretty, pretty soul shite. destroying for them, you know. Yeah. Especially this game, like everything wasn't going their way at all. Uh, we should mention that Fiona Brown, the Scotland International who plays in Rosengard for Sweden, is injured. Yeah. So she'll be out for like six months, she said. Yeah, she actually tweets us and lets us really? know what's happening <laughs> with, which is really good because you can actually because I was going I think I tweeted saying, have you seen the message? I was going, have you been dropped? And she went, no, no, and you had to go for surgery, I'm out for the rest of the season. But they're only two wins away for the title. And she's played 10 games, so that's always my barometer. I know it's only a rule like in Scotland, but I always go, <laughs> at least you've like, contributed. Because I, yeah. I remember Rangers going for a title, and it was Christian Daly had only played seven games or something, <laughs> but we, we hadn't like wrapped up the title. So there was no way we could bring Christian Daly on in the game. Yeah. Like he just wasn't getting a medal at the end of the season. <laughs> um, the the boys team that I played for, Tillahune, uh won at, over the th- the three years I was there. They won every league and cup going, and I played no games, so I never got a medal. But everybody, all of my friends' group, all had loads of medals. Do you know what you are, Gary? The you're, worst player you're, in the squad. You're you're the, the old boy. the old fashioned boys' clubs, Fabian Delph. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm better than that. Come on. For anyone who watched the, the Man City season thing on Amazon Prime, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Is everyone probably, like everyone outside like in America and stuff, I would have probably had to Google who Fabian Delph is because they wouldn't have seen him playing for Man City. No. Nah, not at all. But he is in that a fucking lot because he's just everyone's pal. 
I used to, on a, a Saturday morning, I'd uh, turn up at the manager's front door with my boots, asking if he needed an extra player, and he never did. I've just noticed we've not even really mentioned that you've walked in during this. Oh, yeah. Hello. Gary's here. We just read it. We ridiculed you for like, being the, what was that called? Him? Like, the, the 14-year-old kid that's been told he still has yeah. to go see his grandma. Yeah. Last <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. On the phone. I don't want to talk. I just want to be my phone. I wasn't sure whether I was meant to be here or not, so I thought <laughs> if I turn up halfway through, it's, yeah, we edging were, either we were side. Talking yeah. of, we were just talking about how a phone call in, there's just no charisma or anything. No, that's just Andy. <laughs> <laughs> you do need it. You need them. You need mm-hmm. it. It works in um, free. So well, on the radio, when uh, I actually heard on the radio that England have added knobs into their squad, um, but there's no way that Gary Neville and John Terry are going to be match fit. <laughs> Glad I came. Thanks, <laughs> Gary's. Gary's. You've used your zinger before. We've done the trampled bat one. I know. That's me. That's my one. Uh, that's you for the day. Sponsoring a player, so we sponsor co-winning Rangers right back Michael Hewitt. They drew 0 0 away to beef. Uh, Michael played the full game. He had a good chance in the second half. It, it took me ages to figure out which one he was. Yeah, because <laughs> it's just like because they're all like obviously they were the same colours, but like it's not like the clearest of pictures. It's a really good like highlights, but I mean if you want to pick out a face, good luck to you. It's not happening. Yeah, uh, beef should have won. They hit the woodwork three times in the yeah. second half. Is uh, co-winning beef not quite the feisty? Local. It may have been. It was a good game. It was a really good back and forth game. Michael Hewitt, I'm sure it was Michael Hewitt that got absolutely fucking nailed with a tackle after winning the ball back just inside his own box and beating two players but then overrunning the ball. But it was that way where they were both coming in at the same time. So whoever got the ball first was getting battered yeah. and Michael did and got nailed. That was the only yellow card we've seen of the game. I'm sure there was more. Hmm. But I love the footage because you can hear just people shouting. <laughs> There was like one point we lost the ball and just one guy goes, that's fucking shit! <laughs> Proper high pitch. Like, all right, neighbor, pal. It's, <laughs> it's a junior game. He's a chance. <laughs> I heard them masking the ref's name as well in one of the highlights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we will try and get highlights of, of all these games up as and when we can. But yeah, there is a 10-minute package thanks to Beef Juniors who record their games. Yeah. Can win and do the same. So for Michael's games, we will try and... I might even try and get some software on my laptop that I can actually highlight them. And yeah. go, this is the guy we're watching every time it moves you're looking for this circle around it's like this match guy. of the day <laughs> it's like in FIFA where you can choose to just be one player on the team yeah that, and like that's that. the only guy that's highlighted you need to get like a camera or something on his back or <laughs> just have it for the whole game but I'll tell you what the, the strike was it, was it him that had that strike from 30 yards out just pinged I, it off the crossbar there was a mate there was a few that had the woodwork oh. I, I couldn't keep up with it but beef are definitely a better team why uh, but the highlights were good it was good yeah So this is why you're here, James. This week's picks. Oh, here we go. Uh, we'll, we'll let you go first. We'll just do the same thing we do. We'll go banker for you. Then we'll go mining. I've got Andy's notes here before I can try and criticise him. James has done a, a... We were talking about how much work actually goes into this, Gary. Well, not, not by me. No. no. <laughs> Gary, you put the finishing touches on it. Yeah, my, my work comes later. You do the magic at the end. It's your banker, James. So my banker is in the Belgian Jubilee League Sunday. Uh, is Standard Liège versus Charleroi. You're getting Standard Liège to win at home at 3-5. to five. Uh, Standard Liège unbeaten at home this season. They've won every game at home this season, actually. They've scored at least two goals in every game as well. So it's been things like 2-0, 2-1, 4-1 and 4-0. Really good home record just now for that there. They've only actually lost two games overall this season, so they're looking really strong. Charleroi, 
not so great away from home. They've had one win, one draw, and a one one loss. So can't say it's the worst record ever, but they've done okay. Uh, I reckon if you're looking at standard Liège, their goal scoring credential over the past few weeks, it's worth having a look at maybe over 2.5 goals. I didn't go for it over this, but you're getting a pretty good price on um, Bet365, 6-4, if you're looking at over 2.5 goals. For the type of amount of goals you're getting, they are scoring goals, but in some games at home they are conceding as well. So it's worth a look at uh, over 2.5 goals. Standard are top of the league, and they're also top of the five-game form chart. They've scored 13 goals, only conceding four. Charleroi are ninth in the league, but they are sixth in the five-game form table. They've got nine goals, but eight conceded. I'm very happy with that pick, but I like the over goals. Yeah. See, see in Belgium and Holland, those are gimmies yeah. almost every week. Teams on teams put in four and five goals a game. Yeah, it's it's a really good market to look at. But I like the three five yeah. I, again. I keep saying this. It's hard to explain to people that to me is value. Yeah, better than it is a bank. It's just still a banker. But if I'm Three to five is really good money. Like I've, had, I've had values less than that, I think. Yeah. And the thing with Charleroi as well is they're shipping in goals just now when they are losing games. So it's worth looking at that. Yeah. So Andy's... Uh, I'll do my banker first. So I've got Juventus at home with Spal. Juventus have got two wins and two versus an away record for Spal of two losses in two games. Juve have beat Verona and Napoli. So Verona's a wee bit tougher. They're, they're, they were just sitting. But the Napoli game was most impressive because if you watch the Liverpool games, Napoli are a very good side. Oh, yeah. So beat them 4-3... Um, Juventus have only played Spal twice. They've won both times. Yeah, uh, wh- you're getting two to seven slash one to three. That's the reason why I've decided to actually take this because it should be a one to five game. Yeah, the only the only thing I think about as a as a great pick, I would I'd be happily going for this. The only thing I would say about this one is you maybe want to have a look at the squads going in. Yeah, because Juventus have got Bayer Leverkusen on the Tuesday in the Champions League. Yep. So depend, and it's a good, well depth squad in Juventus. But even then. There is a temptation to rest players against a team like Spal. They're not doing too great. It's a team that Juventus would be expected to win anyway. You know, I would sort of like PSG once in a while. You know, you want to look at the squad list. If you see a lot of players that you don't know who the fuck they are, maybe just kind of be careful in what you're going for. But all in all, though, if they are putting out a normal squad or a strong squad, it's a great shout. Two to seven is a really good one. Yeah, I think I think at this part of the season, you're really you're you're probably not looking at resting too many players. You're probably still trying to get up. And yeah. Ramsey's just came back from injury, so he made his debut last week. He scored as well. Scored. So I'm hoping that like they would use him again. Leverkusen at home shouldn't be too that. There's no travel involved for a start. So yeah. they should be able to turn around and play a game for three days later. But yeah, have a wee look. I reckon it that that reeks of like a classic Juventus 2-0 win to me. Just yeah. very easy. Not too much happening. So Andy has picked Everton, uh, sorry, Man City away to Everton. <laughs> at, if only. <laughs> at ten at three to ten. I think you're getting really good odds for this. Yes. I, I don't really know why, but for me, um, it's like the Livorno Pordenone pick. Yeah. I get seriously worried when teams are in such bad form. Like Norwich, I, nobody's seen Norwich beat Man City. Oh, not at all. Nobody. So for me, there's a lot of... Pre- I want to talk to you about this because you are a and Everton fan. Yep. <laughs> it's a painful, painful season yeah, so far. There is a fucking shit ton of pressure on Marcus Silva now. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to get any easier anytime soon, especially a game against Man City. It's... Uh, I don't like it. Uh, it's the worst time to play Man City because, again, you've got a Man City team with all the momentum in the world. They are not a team that like to lose and they showed that against Watford and in the Champions League as well. That Watford result was just something else. Andy sent a stat in from that game which was uh, Gerard Delafeu completed 13 passes. Fuck, yeah, and his heat map was mostly in the centre of the pitch because most of his passes were kickoffs. Eight of them were from kickoff. <laughs> that is ridiculous. So he only completed five passes outside of kickoff. Yeah. 
which is <laughs> unreal. I know. Come back to Goodis and Jerry. <laughs> we'll treat you better. But that's the thing. Like Everton's problem just now is they've got a, a striker problem. They don't have any finishers or goal scorers. Calvert Lewin scored his first goal in months at, at Bournemouth, but it didn't really matter. I think the big th- there's a lot of problems on Everton. Like the striker issue, we've not really replaced Romelu Lukaku after he left from Man United. I don't think you can. There's not a lot of players you can replace for that there. And you know what? It's it's going to take time. Like they brought in Moyes Akin, but he's still like eighteen, nineteen. He's going to take time to grow up. He's not like an Mbappe. He's not going to hit the ground running for us. And it's the Premier League. It's a tougher league than what he's been playing over in Juventus, arguably. I mean, he's had the fortune of having what Ronaldo, uh, Dybala, Marcelo, not Marcelo, but Chancelo, really good quality players around him. Now he's coming ever, and and he's going to be expected to lead that line once he gets going. Yeah. And there's not there's not a lot of players that are going to help him out. Bernard's quite good, but he's very small, so he's getting pushed off the ball quite a lot. Does get some chances in, but he's not quite a goal scorer. At Richarlison, not consistent enough for me. I think honestly, I, for me, my my issue with all this is I think I just honest to God think sacking people is is it's, ridiculous. Yeah, it, it's the popular trend now. I so you've got the same way Solskjaer. So you'd um, Mourinho's comments about. Um, yeah. He said, I got sacked. I probably deserved to get sacked when I did, but I was in a better position than what Man you are just now with Solskjaer. Oh, totally. But at the same time, Solskjaer, so I have a friend say to me that if Solskjaer would just persist with the youth, he would get a lot more time again. Yeah. But at the same time, when they're not picking up all the points, you can't chuck them in. You will, you will, yeah, you're in If you two... chuck Greenwood in just now and he's part of a team that start losing and get a manager sacked, confidence is gone. Man you have currently got Luke Shaw, Pogba. Marshall, Rashford's went off injured now. Yeah. They've got four big players injured just now. Yeah. They've got the and those are big. Those are the big players as well because what you've got James in there. Uh, I'll try to remember half the squad now. For, even Lingard. They had Lingard up front. Yeah, to finish the game. Oh, God. Like If that's what your options are as a striker, you're fucked. There's not a chance you're going to get all those goals in. Did so, you see the clip of uh, Phil Jones? Yes. Yeah. I bet. <laughs> so, he's from... From looking at it again, he's definitely saying, say no more. Yeah. And not sacked in, sacked the, morning. in the morning. You sure? 100%. Because it's thing in front of him. That's the owner, right? It's the owner in front of him. <laughs> and and the man you, when you go back and you listen to the game, so somebody's like put a longer clip of it up. Yeah. The man you fans are singing uh, something about Ed Woodward, not sacked in the morning. And Phil Jones then says, say no more. Yeah, and it's him that turns around and tells him to fucking shut up well someone else said like they, they said like a, a wider screen cap of that it, apparently Woodward was actually turning to a woman that was right next to Phil Jones I think it was someone like in the staff and the, their theorising was that they actually, he was actually speaking to her and not Phil Jones but I don't know I reckon nothing's given... real anyway <laughs> <laughs> um, just to make you feel worse about football I, I heard a really good stat about Dunfermline as well oh, that, uh, just want to check if it's true that you haven't won a home game since March nope wow. it's fucking painful we've only won this is our first win since uh, we beat East Kilbride in the cup before the nice. season started <laughs> see that's the kind of season I thought Dumbarton were going to have but yeah they are up right. and down yeah <laughs> so my whole point in this right is sacking managers so yeah for those who watched the Edinburgh Derby, there was a bit at the end of it when John Collins, Stephen Presley and Chris Boyd are reviewing the game. Uh, yeah, and Chris Boyd is saying that Hibs are not good enough. They're simply not good enough. And the manager's not good enough. Stephen Presley, who is the one with the most managerial experience out of the three of them, yeah. says that statistically persisting, the champions of uh, leagues all over Europe 
have came from teams that have had the same manager for more than two years. Yeah. That tends to be how it is. And England is the only exception whereby they change a manager and Chelsea win the league. They change a manager and Man City win the league. And it does that. But if you look at Liverpool, when Klopp came in, they were not good for no. a long time. They were like Europa League level. But they were, yeah. Get around there. And Sevilla beat them in a final. They'd went to the League Cup final against Man City following year, lost. They went to the Champions League final, Real Madrid, lost. Yeah. They were they were slowly building all that. They knew what they had to do bit by bit. The problem is, Liverpool fans in this generation have only had the European success, they've not had the league, so they're willing to go, well, let this go. Yeah. I can't see Liverpool losing a game this season in the league. Oh, it's hard to see it. If really they keep off, but they've built that squad. Player, two, Almost from the ground up. Two players at a time. So yeah. Stephen Presley's point was that Heckenbottom brought in 10 players. With that, you're talking about five months to bed it in. Yeah. You can't just rush it all in like that. You need time. You need to bed them in, make sure they fit into the but, system. But the, the best part of the whole interview was Stephen Presley, I think I said this on Twitter, like how dare Sky Sports invite somebody who was informed on stats. <laughs> because John Collins went, you said to me before the game that Hibs are the best football inside out Rangers and Celtic. Yeah. I've watched that game and I don't see any of that. And Stephen Presley went, I didn't say that. What I said was Hibs are the highest passers yeah. outside the Rangers and Celtic, which suggests to me they that they are the highest there. football inside outside. He's like, but John, Chris, you know when you're losing games in football, your teams just don't play as well. The confidence is low. Yeah, but it, as we know, uh, the Hibs manager never played for either of the old firm, so no one's going to back him. <laughs> <laughs> He's also English, if you want to add that. Hmm. I've seen Chris Commons... Although it was very clickbaity, Chris, Chris Commons said that um, the Hibs owner deserves to get punished for this because the appointment was wrong. That was a headline. But if you read the article, it's just Chris Boyd sticking up for his pal Neil Lennon the whole way through the article. And to fair to Chris Commons, at no point does he actually say Heckenbottom was the wrong man. Heckenbottom was part of a successful Barnsley team who then went on to get promoted that season. He yeah. was the right appointment. He, I can't actually believe he left to come to Hibs because... Yeah. He should be in the championship in England just now, which is where most of our players and managers fuck off to. Yeah. I just liked it because it just Stephen Presley just shut up the emotional <laughs> argument that Chris Boyd and John Collins were having by going, No, this this all makes sense. So my point with the man you with Everton, I think Everton have got the best manager they can have just now. Well they've got the best setup, they've got Marcel Brands as well as the sporting director. It's all there. They just need to, you know, make gel it together. It, it will take time. But I think there's some options like Zuma. Not bringing in Zuma in to defend was that was a biggie. Like yeah. should have signed him in the summer, but they never quite got it done. I don't like the look of this Man City game. Going back to Andy's pick, I think man, this, this Everton squad the way they are just now that's set up for a Man City game where Sterling and Bernardo Silva is just going to run right up the wings, and De Bruyne is going to run the show for the whole ninety minutes. I don't think it'll be as bad as Watford, but. I think it's going to be pretty bad. So Andy's banker's probably in as far as you're concerned. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, I think you could even go over 2.5 goals easily. I'm going to make note of these because I want to see how many times you mentioned 2.5 goals so we can... This is my thing now. <laughs> I got really heavy into it recently. Um, your value? Oh yeah, sorry. I'm getting hey, We forgot. This is what we were saying. <laughs> I've had people say to us, Gary, that they like... So when we're talking about VAR... Uh -huh. And we were talking about the Scotland problems. They liked the actual general chat. Yeah. And we going, need to get the picks but, in at some we, point. We need to get the picks in. And also, <laughs> we like to try and keep it a tight 40, 45 max. But we're definitely going to go to 50. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> so, uh, my value is in the English Championship this Friday, uh, the 27th. It is Stoke versus Nottingham Forest. And I'm going with the away team, Nottingham Forest. You're getting 21 to 10 on Bet365. 
that's a crazy price for uh, not enforcing now. Some might say that's an outsider price, but uh, it's a bet against Stoke, one hundred percent. Like Andy said it last week in the podcast, you could probably ride Stoke's form for quite a wee while with the run of games they've got and the quality of the teams that they're playing. Second bottom in the league, they've only had two points from their eight games. They've only scored seven goals and conceded seventeen <laughs> in those eight games. That is atrocious. <laughs> that's terrible form. Uh, they haven't won a home game since the second of March, which interestingly enough was actually against Nottingham Forest. That was our last <laughs> one. So this is where probably where the price comes in. That, that's my only note. <laughs> Tempting fate on that one. Uh, they've lost uh, three of the last four home games. Uh, Queen's Park Rangers, Leeds and Bristol Rovers. Their lone draw was to Derby and that's a Derby post Frank Lampard who are kind of treading water a little bit for that there. Nottingham Forest, they haven't lost a game since the first game of the season when they lost to West Brom in the opener. Uh, unbeaten home and away since then. Five wins, three draws in the league. They have wins over Swansea and Fulham away from home. Yep. They've also got draws with Charlton and Leeds. So you know what, they're doing quite well against teams that are above them and around them. Against a team like Stoke, it's hard to ignore that sort of price. Forest sixth in the league. Uh, fourth in the five-game form. They've scored six goals in three. They conceded three in the last five. Stoke bottom of the league. Uh, 23rd of the league, sorry, but 22nd in the five-game form somehow. Uh, three goals and 10 conceded in the last five games. And I think I mentioned to you that I'm a big fan of Liam Lindsay, yeah. who's a centre-half. He's injured. Don't know the extent, but he went off after half an hour, so that normally suggests that you're not going to turn around and be ready for Friday. Oh, totally. Um, just as a note as well, Andy was taking this as his outsider because he obviously yeah. hadn't seen your picks yet. So to me, this is a very good pick. Uh, yeah. I, can't, I don't really understand. I said, when I looked at that, it was the fact that they've been unbeaten since the first day of the season. I couldn't yeah, believe it. It was a crazy price. And you look at Forest Farm, they're scoring goals a lot. I wouldn't say... You know what? The, the games are winning at home. They're not scoring massively, but they're getting enough to get a result or if they're getting enough to get a win or a draw. Like, one goal difference usually for that there. But against a team like Stoke, it's hard to ignore it. Uh, my value is Fortuna Sittard versus Sparta Rotterdam. So Sparta Rotterdam won 4-0. Um, last weekend for Andy's banker, over three point five goals is sixty five. Over both teams have played seven games this season so far. You've got Fortuna Sittard games involved four point four goals average, and you've got four goals exactly average for Sparta Rotterdam. So over three point five, we get that bet in. It just looks like a game that's going to be full of goals for me. Yeah, neither team can defend. So Sparta Rotterdam have scored fifteen, conceded sixteen. And Sittard have scored 8 and conceded 22. Yeah. So there's a fucking shitload of goals <laughs> going in and out. Over 3.5 is a lot of goals, but you're getting 65. Yeah. So that's, that's a really good price for that as well. I just like goals, and the Dutch league is the one for them. Yeah. So that, just Sparta Rotterdam's home farm. I know they're away, but they've like won 4 0, lost 4 1, and won 4 1. It's just goals, Gary. Goals. <laughs> Andy's pick is Bochum at home to Darmstadt in the Bundesliga 2 on Saturday at 12 o'clock. You're getting Bochum at evens. I don't, I don't like it. So Andy just feels his advantage with the home side and he thinks there's good value in the money. Um, he's given us that Darmstadt have scored six, conceded six away from home. Bakken have scored 11 and conceded 16. So there's a lot of goals. Um, but Darmstadt, are, to be fair, Darmstadt are really bad away from home. Yeah. But Bakken have drawn a shit ton of games. Yeah. Like it, it's quite alarming how many games they've actually drawn. For me, you're getting good odds for a reason. Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's take one at your own risk yeah. for that one. It's a, yeah, I would agree. The, the draw is kind of hanging over that quite a bit there you'd hope you're, you'd hope he's right but yeah, I don't know I feel like I'm giving Andy the Gordo treatment because he's not here to defend <laughs> himself but I, I was writing a few Gordos and I just don't feel just don't feel confident enough in that pick but look into yourselves there might be a, a both teams to score bet in there somewhere but for me it's a fucking draw yeah definitely it's a draw 
Yeah, Outsider. So my Outsider is in the German Bundesliga try. It's on Monday at 6pm. It is Unterhaken away to Ingolstadt. And it's quite a good bet for that. You get Unterhaken at 3-1 to one on bet 365. Uh, Ingolstadt, they're in a bit of a slump. They've had three losses in a row in the league. Uh, in the last five games, they've lost three, drawn one. Uh, they've only won one in the last game. Their last home win was against the Wurzburger Kickers, which is on the start of August. So it's almost two months that we went without a win at home. Uh, the last win in general was against Urundin, and that was away to them on that was in August as well. So it's over a month since our last game. Unterhaken, really good form, top of the league. They've only lost one game this season. That was at home to Halisha, uh, 3-0 a couple of weeks ago. They've had three straight wins on the bounce away from home. Uh, I think that's one of the big things for that. They've got really good away form going from at the moment. Two wins. Two draws away from home as well in the league. Six wins, two draws, and one loss overall. They're a solid side in the Bundesliga right just now. It's, you know, seventh. Uh, Engelstadt seventh in the league as well. So, and they've con- the, in the last five games, they've scored eight, conceded ten. Unterhaken, top of the league, in the last five games, they've scored eight and conceded five. Yeah, no, when I looked at it, I thought it was a really good pick. The only thing that concerns me is, and it's, mo- it's the thing that bugs me all the time, Unterhaken uh, have never won at Engelstadt. Yeah. Ever. There's only been seven meetings, but it's a lot. But for this team, yeah, so it's eight, out of eight points from twelve away games, which is better than their home form. So, yeah, yeah for me, I'm quite, I'm quite keen on that three yeah. one. I like, I like that, and I also like my own outsider, which is why I've picked it. <sighs> uh, Zenit away to Locomotive Moscow. Zenit are first away to fifth place Locomotive. Who Locomotive have got seven points from twelve at home. Zenit twelve from fifteen away. So they've lost one game, but they've actually won the last four away. Zenit in really good form. They won 4-0 at home last weekend, as we mentioned. To me, it's 74, so almost 2-1. You're on the right side if you're looking at Zenit. Yeah. Both teams to score is a good shout. You're getting even money for that as well, which could have been in my value, but I really like Zenit as strong odds away from home. Yeah. The only thing I don't like about this is Locomotive don't like losing at home. Yeah. They've only lost once at home, and that was the last one was in November. They've got a good habit of if, if they win games or they don't lose. And that's against big teams as well. Zenit included. Last time they played Zenit, they held them off. I like it, but that's my thing that worries me, is the record of draws and wins over teams that are around them or higher up than the locomotive really set themselves out to be a difficult team to beat. Yeah. Whereas Zenit's been brilliant for them. They're banging in goals for fun just now. But, nah, I think... For me, it's got a draw written on it. It's, it's, a tight, it's definitely a tight game, but yeah. to get... Any, any time I can pick an outsider... So they're, they're out by a point. So locomotive are the favourites by a point. Oh yeah. If I can pick an outsider that are top of the table, I'm going to take them. Ah, it's hard to ignore it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna sure. uh, as we mentioned, Andy's outsider was your value. So yeah. Refer back to what James just said. And listen again. <laughs> uh, the charity picks will go yours first. Uh, In fact, my... Sorry, sorry, I'm missing out. Gordo's oh, treble. Oh yeah. Um, go for a Gordo's treble Friday night. Villarreal won't bet us. You can even money for Villarreal. Uh, really good pick. Yeah. Villarreal are hunting form. I watched the second half of their game at the weekend when they won two 0 in the second half. They are they are a strong team going forward. Uh, yeah. With Santa, they looked actually back to where they were when Santa Catola was first there. Yeah, a uh, maybe like ten seasons ago when he was younger. And they're holding off good teams as well. Real Madrid's on their list of a draw on that as well. So they're beating yeah. teams and drawing against teams that are bigger than them as well. And uh, Betis last away game they lost five two. Yeah. Away at Barcelona, so they do ship goals. That is that is there for them to concede a lot of goals. I think at even money you're getting you're getting a good price for that. It's Definitely. the right side of that. Uh, Monaco versus Brest. Gary stopped laughing. <laughs> Gordo is taking the draw, five to two. Now I am normally anti-draw, but both but teams both teams have played f- the last five games in the league. They have both drawn three of five. Yeah, 
Uh, Brest have won one and lost one either side that. Monaco have lost two. Monaco, the home side, who are incapable of winning games. Yeah. If there's a game he would want both teams to lose. Yeah. And it's <laughs> uh, four of the last ten, which isn't a lot, but four of the last ten between the two have been draws as well. Yeah. There's a lot point to this being a draw. Five to two, you can bet at two to one. That that's a steal for me. Especially in Godless Treble, so I'm hoping this is the one that comes in because those odds are ridiculous. Um Ange at home to Amiens. Uh, four wins in the spin at home for Ange. Um best best home form versus the ninth away form. Yeah. That, that's as much as I've got. We don't have Godless reasoning, but to me that seems a pretty strong shout as yeah. well. It, it did look really good. Ange's form's really good at home at the moment as well. So yeah, good luck to you. That's that was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, um, God, Godo's charity pick is Granada at home at Leganes. Um, <laughs> Leganes look like a dig in and get a draw, but Granada are decent. Yeah. They're strong enough. But yeah, I'd have a wee, I'd, and maybe that'd be the one of Godo's I'd maybe have a wee think about. But it's in the charities, so we have to back it. <laughs> uh, I went for Leicester at home at Newcastle. You're getting one to two for Leicester to win at home against Newcastle. Leicester are on outstanding form this season. The only loss they've got so far is against Man United. And even then, it wasn't so much Man United playing really well. It was more Leicester switching themselves off and not performing up to that. Newcastle, not a great start to the season, but they do have a win against Spurs away from home. So again, something else to think about. But even then, I, I still like Leicester. They're current runner form. They're deadly side against anyone. Like Brendan Rodgers is doing something really good at Leicester just now to get them up to third in the league against. And again, this is a league that's for the taking essentially for well, third on, third downwards. If you're looking to get in the top four, this is a season where it's there for the taking. Yeah, I watched the the Leicester Spurs game. Le- Leicester are brilliant. Yeah, they are. I honestly didn't think that Jamie Vardy would fit in with Brendan Rodgers' football, just in the sense that I thought a lot of teams would sit off yeah. Leicester. He's having a bit of a revival. Yeah, as well. The only thinking here is Newcastle. From watching that Spurs game, Newcastle will not leave thirty yard line. They'll put an invisible thirty yard line. Yeah, and it'll be it. And the big striker will be left as far away as possible yeah. just to get the ball cleared to him. That's how a result like the Spurs yeah. comes up. But you can't keep doing that. You need to actually add some substance. They were terrible at home at Brighton. They were terrible at home at Watford. Yeah. They're not a good side. I still think Steve Bruce is a good enough manager to do something. But Leicester, 22 is good odds. Yeah. Leicester should win this. Um, Madison was injured for the last 10 minutes of that game, though. So I don't know yeah. if he's ending up with him. Yeah, they might get arrested for that one, maybe. Yeah. But it's, it's still a good squad all in all, though. I think you could manage without him. His tweet was a belter. Did you see his yeah. one? So he turned up to the game with a six and a half grand Louis Vuitton <laughs> see-through. It looked like a see-through poly bag. So, but it's oh, like a fat, it's like a six and a half. And the son had tweeted saying, Oh, yeah. It was, um, imagine turning up in this ridiculous <laughs> Louis Vuitton bag. And he went, as well as I could have turned up holding a Sun newspaper. <laughs> And the, the Sun's tweet had like a hundred retweets, and this had like thirty three thousand. <laughs> like I, one winner. I seen a thing about the Sun during the week. Um, their Twitter has one and a half million followers, but see if you look at their tweets, that there's no act, interaction on them at all. Yeah. Like even less than are on our tweets. Well, there was a, was not did a journalist not put up what it was? Is how many they've paid for? Yeah, yeah. Like they've paid for loads because they get no they get no interaction, but they had to do something because. They they are the ones that are being driven out. Yeah, they they'll be first to go, and we'll, and you know what? They won't get the same sympathy as Thomas Cook workers for losing their job. 
That's when everyone who's got mortgages to pay, you'll see who the real people are. Then go free like, football fuck tickets Shouldn't for Shouldn't they fucking work for the sun? Fucking pricks. <laughs> <laughs> um, Andy's charity pick is Midland at home to Odensa in Denmark. Uh, Midland to top of the league. They've picked up 26 points for 30. They're very strong. Odensa have hit a wee bit of form, but they are a mid-table side. I can see why he's went for it. Um, you're getting fairly good odds. You're getting five to seven, so almost evens. That, that is really actually really good. Um, me myself, I've stayed with Leon again, so the Mexican side, <laughs> away to Puebla. Uh, seven to five. Puebla are second bottom in the league. They have four points from 15 at home, and they're playing the second best away team now because a team has played twice since the Leon game when we last released the podcast, and now they're a better away side. Yeah. But that was the same in the Caxa. They were better away from home. So I don't know what I don't know anything about Mexican football or the stats that I'm reviewing. <laughs> but people seem to hate playing at home, and I wonder if that's because where all your fans are. <laughs> <laughs> because if you've ever watched like clips of like Latin American and South American football, fans are mental. Oh, they're rag like they they oh, yeah. regularly run the pitch and butter people. <laughs> so are you putting on four two fifty trebles here? Or are you putting it all on the four? What do you mean? Sorry. There was four charity picks. Yeah, there's a, there's a full charity. Yeah, four. So Andy had suggested a a team in Wisher who were looking to revamp their changing rooms, uh-huh. but it made the money like in in a couple of hours. <laughs> but it made okay. me think like if there is anyone who listens to this who runs a boys club or runs a team an amateur team who does need money because I've fucking been in those changing rooms that don't even have a bin in them and it's the same bag of like rubbish that's been sitting there since you played six months ago at that yeah. stadium. So if anyone is doing go fun, tag us in them because otherwise, I mean, it's, it's not a bad thing that we're going to donate the beats if we have a <laughs> Otherwise, win. we have to help cancer. I, otherwise, I know. <laughs> I know. And we all know what that is. Wish our changing rooms really needed done up. So if you know anything, please let us know. Um, Andy has given me an update, but this really means nothing to me. So this is for the, the Trample Bet Fantasy Draft. Chris Summer tops the table with 376 points after a, Andy describes it as a mega week. This sounds like clickbait to me. Where yeah. you'd look in and you go off, he'd Harry Kane as captain and he scored. <laughs> well done. Yeah, the Trample Bet Fantasy Draft League, um, Andy always likes to preface this way. This is where it's at. Oh, it is though. It really is. But I've assumed this is Andy's way of saying, I'm no very good at that one. <laughs> well, he's, do- he's doing all right now. He's getting some results. Well, I meant the other one. Oh, the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so a uh, very surprising leader Eddie Frail but a single point 32 to 31 thanks to Nabamayang late goal and Yota receiving three bonus points yeah I don't know where that comes from I, I wish I'd got involved in this but I just know I don't have the staying power it's it, good like it's really good to watch it's good it's good to watch it's good there's a good chat going on as well uh, through the week Andy was trying to negotiate trade for Pepe it just wasn't having it. I think it was with a, uh, if I get it wrong, I think it was Jason. It was Jason Stott. I think he was trying to negotiate him to get Pepe in his squad somehow. He just was not having it. And he tried to offer one of my players at one point as well. He's like, I'll give you Zaha. I was like, yeah, I've got Zaha. I was like, oh, I'll give you, I'll go for Zaha. I'll take, I'll take Pepe for Zaha. Uh, no more. He's <laughs> having an awful season just now. Andrew Sweeney won 56-17. Gordo got home. Is Gordo won a game? I feel like Gordo's nah, getting beat every week. Getting, I hear these updates. He's getting beat every week so far. <laughs> he's not having a good run. Uh, Jason Stott beat Ben Conley. So overall, Jason Stott leads the league with 16 points. Gordo is dead last on zero points. That yes. answers my question. <laughs> <laughs> um, at least in the, the Premier League fantasy football, I've got a reason for being last. It's quite but you're, wholesome. <laughs> yeah, wholesome and very nationalistic, Gary. Yeah. <laughs> Gary picks only Scottish players. That's, that's an effort. No, it's hard. Especially I, when half of them don't even play now. Well, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, 
You get McTominay, you'll get I, decent I points. I couldn't for even him. film my bench. I had to put uh, Obama Yang on the bench. On the bench, <laughs> just to fill the just to fill the squad. That is commitment, <laughs> right? You've got a cracking goal scorer right there. It's like, but he's not Scottish. So I'm just going to upset the. <laughs> oh, and last week when I said bet on the Ravens, yep. Uh, Ed, oh yeah, it slipped my mind that it was the Kansas City Chiefs at the weekend. Uh, so <laughs> they came close though. Lamar Jackson really? has played nine games as quarterback for the Ravens, and right. he's lost two. And they're both to the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. So uh, I, I'd not thought that through, but what I meant was generally they look very good this year. Okay, so regular <laughs> listeners, if we say the Chiefs versus the Ravens is essentially Kilmarnock versus Hamilton, <laughs> <laughs> just just avoid it at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, uh, just before I go, because uh, I'm from Fife Club, I thought I'd hit you with something that I like to do every weekend. Well, I say I like to do it. It's suffering and pain. So if you want to do it, it's at your own risk. Uh, it's, what I call, it's what's called the Fife Flyer, which is a fourfold accumulator on all the five teams that play football. So you've got Dunfermline versus Alloa, <laughs> East Fife away to Falkirk, Wraith Rovers away to Fall, Fourth Fire this week, Cowdenbeath away to Albion Rovers. If you go and bet 365, you get it 54.12 to 1. Uh, probably because East Fife are away to Falkirk, and Falkirk is a fucking brick wall at home just now. It's. If you want to do it, do it. I would only put a pound on it because... Do I have to visit any of their stadiums? No. I'd find <laughs> <laughs> Although you do have to go to Kevin Beath once. <laughs> I've been mo- I've been many times. I do not wish to ever go back ever again. Yeah. But being a Dunfermline Athletic fan, I have to say there's no better hive of scum and villainy than Cowden Beath. But... Uh, especially when you get kicked out. Like th- three minutes before the final whistle, they're like, you've got to start getting out. The stock cars are going to come I... <laughs> They play in the same places where they play stock cars. It's nuts. People, if when this is coming out, there are a couple of games that I would look out for. Um, Rangers versus Aberdeen. For the first time in like, I think four seasons, it's a Saturday three o'clock kickoff, yeah. which I am buzzed about because it means I can enjoy it. A couple of bets to look for are... <laughs> Morelos and McKenna carded. If you can get any sort of request about on that, take it because as long as McKenna gets fit and plays, it's a guarantee to happen. Yeah. That is definitely happening. Uh, Arsenal play Manu on Monday night, providing Shaka plays. Also known as Same El Sacchio in some corners <laughs> of the world. <laughs> Shaka, yellow card. He got another one there at the weekend. He's very consistent with the yellow cards. This season seems to be his worst for it, so have a look. Yeah, get I would maybe get, I would maybe put Maguire on that as well because there's going to be a lot of pressure from Arsenal and attack from that game. And Man United have been struggling in defence as well, so I think maybe Maguire. I may be wrong, but Maguire maybe have a look to get a booking as well. Yeah, especially if Lacazette can get fit, you've got Pepe, Aubameyang, and Lacazette that's all attacking. A deadly front three. That, that's, that's Arsenal are banking on this. Yeah. just going fuck it. Let's just see what. Just get the ball of them. Man, that's going to be 7-2 to Man United again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was 8-2 that was game. It? I switched off. Was uh-huh. start, was, was start I read, uh, heard the other day, is like Arsenal's never won at uh, Man United in 15 years. Is it 15 years? Maybe not. In, um, the last time they would have won would have been... No, they've won... Old Trafford? Nah, they won in 2008. All right, so it's I not did, Or maybe it was 7. What was I the game? I don't scored the last minute goal. What was the... I Is that not the one where Keown... No, that was 0-0 no, no, that game. Yeah. That was 2003. Oh, yeah. um, we won there in the FA Cup a couple yeah. of seasons ago. We well bet, well bet scored the winner. Oh, which, was, which was lovely because I was there. <laughs> um, so that's our podcast. James, thank you so much for coming in and doing us a favour because yeah. it worked so much better. We've actually been able to see a human being in front of me. <laughs> not that Gary isn't a human being, but... He was... Well, no, that's not the worst thing he said to me. <laughs> it was the most begrudging favour. Yeah, I'll help you move your house. Any <laughs> <laughs>
Um, do I have to carry anything? Do, nah, do it's all right. Just like, you can gaffer. <laughs> uh, as usual, share, review, retweet. Um, that's the only way we're going to grow. We don't have massive sponsors or anyone to call in to promote us. So thank you very much for those who are doing it. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Uh, have a good weekend. Thank you. Happy hunting. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.